morning. My name is Ron, and I'm part of the preaching team here at The Journey. I want to welcome you again, just like everyone else did. Uh, those that are here in person over at Bell Hill and watching live on our stream, what up, y'all? The title of my sermon today is Grateful for What? Grateful for what? I'm going to open with a selection. It goes like this. Sometimes I feel like a motherless child. Sometimes I feel like a motherless child. Sometimes I feel like a motherless child. A long way from home. Sometimes I feel like I'm almost done. Sometimes I feel like I'm almost done. Sometimes I feel like I'm almost done, and I'm a long way from home. Yes, I'm a long way from that's a traditional Negro spiritual. The spirituals were a collection of songs that date back to the southern United States during the time of slavery. And these songs were songs that would impart Christian values while also capturing the struggle and the hardships of slavery. Some spirituals offer a reason for hope and other spirituals provided a cadence so that the work that you were engaging in didn't seem so difficult. But this song is a song of expression of pain and despair as the singer compares his or her hopelessness to that of a child who has been torn away from their parents. It would be when a person was in the dark night of the soul. The dark night of the soul is a phrase or a term that dates back for a long time. It is a term that is used to describe what one would call a collapse of perceived meaning in life. An eruption into your life of a deep sense of meaninglessness. Nothing just seems to make sense anymore. There's no purpose to anything. Sometimes it's triggered by an external event, some disaster perhaps. 
Maybe the death of someone close to you, especially the premature death in the, in the sense of a child or something that's unexpected. Or it could be something where you've built your life up, given it meaning, and all the meaning you have given your life, all the activities, all the achievements and where you thought you were going, what you've considered important, for some reason, has collapsed. If you've ever felt like that or been there, if you're in the audience, throw your hand up. And if you're online, just type me. In 1996, at the age of 15, I left Underwood Memorial Hospital in Woodbury, New Jersey, exactly that, a motherless child. In late 2018, I left work early to take my family to the movies to arrive to a note on the door that said, I don't want to do this marriage anymore. The kids are at a friend's house. I'll see you on Tuesday. The depth of despair that came over me uh, in both those moments is indescribable. The state of melancholic existence that I was living in and sheer disbelief was a tapestry of fear and anger that was shrouded about my shoulders. I would be in what some people would say the dark night of the soul. If someone would have told me at that point, Ron, be grateful, my response would have been, grateful for what? Grateful for what? Well, I hope to answer my question and anyone else's who may have, may be, or may be entering into a situation where they feel like they're in the dark night of the soul. Before we jump into the scripture, I do want to make a uh, little caveat as my brother John Gorham and his wife are staring at me that it is okay to have Jesus and a therapist. In all seriousness, if you do need professional help as you're going through something, it doesn't mean that God is not still God. And I want to make it clear to you that if you are experiencing some depression or uh, need professional help, it is an actual act of courage and not one of weakness. But as we explore the scriptures today, what we hope to unpack is as a Jesus Christ follower, what reason should we have to be grateful as we go through difficult situations? If you have your Bible or your uh, digital device, I'd ask you to turn to 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 1 through 9. That's 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 1 through 9. And it reads like this. This letter is from Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ. I'm writing to God's chosen people who are living as foreigners in the provinces of Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. God the Father knew you and chose you long ago, and his spirit has made you holy. As a result, you have obeyed him and been cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ. May God give you more and more grace and peace. 
All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by his great mercy that we have been born again, because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Now we live with great expectation, and we have a priceless inheritance, an inheritance that is kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled, beyond the reach of change and decay. And though, and through your faith, God is protecting you by his power until you receive this salvation, which is ready to be revealed on the last day for all to see. So be truly glad there is wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure many trials for a little while. These trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold through your faith, though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it would bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. You love him even though you have never seen him. Though you do not see him now and you trust him and you rejoice with a glorious, inexpressible joy. The reward for trusting him will be the salvation of your souls. First Peter is a book in which uh, the uh, former fisherman turned disciple, now apostle, is writing to a group of foreigners spread abroad. It's suspected that he wrote this from Rome under Nero's reign. You guys don't know who Nero is. Nero was a ruthless persecutor of Christians. This letter is addressed to those that are scattered abroad in what would be modern-day Turkey. Peter's writing to encourage these readers to endure suffering and persecution by giving themselves entirely to God. They had to remain faithful in times of distress, knowing that God will vindicate them, and they will certainly enjoy the salvation that the Lord has promised. Christ's death and resurrection are the model for all believers. Just as Christ suffered and then entered into glory, so too shall we, his followers, suffer but be exalted. So for what reason do we have to be grateful when we're going through a dark night of the soul? Well, first, we are living with great expectation. And so we can be grateful for a future. In verse 3, he says that we are living with great expectation. In some translations, specifically the NIV, it says that he's given us new birth into a living hope. The root of that word hope there is elpo, which means to anticipate, usually with pleasure, joyful and confident expectation of eternal salvation. This expectation can invigorate and spirit up the soul to action, to patience, to fortitude, and perseverance to the end. The resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead is the ground for foundation of our hope as Christians. Although these folks that Peter is writing to are in the midst of great oppression, they're not doing so great, Peter's saying, listen, I know things that you're going through ain't all that. Like, it's a mess right now. I get it, dog. But listen, your faith in what is to come is still true. And you have to know that. There's a quote from Cornell West that I, I like as he separates the difference between optimism and hope. He says, hope and optimism are different. 
Optimism tends to be based on the notion that there's enough evidence out there to believe that things are going to get better. It's much more rational, it's deeply secular, whereas hope looks at the evidence and says, it don't look too good. It doesn't look good at all. Hope is going beyond the evidence to create new possibilities based on visions that become contagious to allow people to engage in heroic actions against all odds. This is the living hope that we have even though we're going through a difficult situation. What else do we have to be grateful for when going through a challenging situation? Well, we have a priceless inheritance. And so we can be grateful for being an heir. Last week, Pastor Paul talked about the meaning of adoption, specifically in the biblical context. He spoke eloquently about how the adoption meant that, not in in our sense of adopting a child, but it was meant that someone was looking for an heir to take over all the benefits that they had. So Peter, in this writing to the Christians abroad, he's having congratulated those people on their new birth in the hope of everlasting life. He goes on to describe that this new life under a notion of an inheritance. Now, this is a really dope way to talk to these people, right? Because these people are in the middle of going through a challenging situation. These, these folks were in the middle of being persecuted, oppressed, and maybe, maybe some of them had even had turned away from some of their earthly and physical inheritances, ones they were born into. And so Peter reminds them as a way to uh, soften this grievance that, listen, you're born into a new inheritance. Church, we're born into a new inheritance. It's infinitely better than what we could have here in earth. He, he, he reminds them that this earthly inheritance that we may have lost can't compare to what they have gained as joint heirs with Christ. Heirs to what? Because if you're in the middle of something right now, if you hear about an heir, you're saying, listen, I only feel like I'm an heir to pain and struggle and strife. But, but, but he says, if you're feeling like a motherless child, that's where you might be. But see, this is why knowing God's truth about a situation is crucial, family. Because when you get in the middle of a situation and all the feels come, those feels can create a false perception And we need a rock to which we stand. The worship team sung that I will build my life upon your love. We have to build our life upon something that is true and doesn't change. And feelings change. Praise God for a friend like Peter, right? That he could write a letter to these folks to make sure that they could be encouraged. You, you got to make sure you have some friends in your life that will remind you of God's truth. They won't walk you into deeper misery, but they will, will, will guide you into the truth of who God is. And to that note, if you're not in a small group, go on the line, look it up, get in a small group. What else do we have to be grateful for? 
that, that trouble don't last always. And I know that's not grammatically correct, but when I was growing up, there was this song in my church, and that was the song. It was by uh, Pastor Timothy Wright, and it went like this. He said, he may not come when you want him, but he's on time. In times of trouble, I found him to be a friend of mine. In time, storm clouds rise, he'll be there. All your burdens, I know the Lord will help you bear. And I'm so glad that trouble don't last always. I'm so glad that trouble don't last always. Peter's writing to these Christians, reminding them that life itself is only but a little while. When we put that into uh, comparison to eternity, uh, the life that we're living really is only for a short time. And even more focused, whatever trial you're going through, whatever test that you're going through, is even that much shorter. Recently, or this was yesterday, I was driving down to the bouncy place to take the boys. Go to a bouncy place. And uh, Joshua, he'll get lost in a book. Isaiah, he's very focused. So he wants to know, he said, Dad, what's the GPS say? How long does it take to get there? It takes 40 minutes. He says, okay, we're leaving at 120. We should be there at 2 o'clock. Don't let that, that clock hit 202 because that brother's saying, well, what's going on, Dad? I'm not sure what the situation is. Like, are you sure we're going to be there? What, what, I don't know what's happening. As if I, the father, have forgotten that the ultimate destination we're going to is lost. And his, his brief moment of sitting in that car and that unpleasant moment of getting there to rejoice in that little time to bounce around that house is something that we have to be aware of. It's just a short time. This is where I really want to focus, guys, that we can be grateful for our genuine faith or for purified faith. The picture here is of an ancient metallurgist who would take his crude gold ore and put it into a crucible, subjects it to intense heat to liquefy the gold so that the impurities rise to the surface. As those impurity ri impurities rise, then they're skimmed off. And it's not until the metal worker is able to see his reflection Oh, y'all don't hear me. It's not until the uh, metallurgist is able to see his reflection and see his face clearly mirrored in the surface of the liquid that he takes it off the fire for he knows that the contents now is pure gold. So it is with God and his children. We enter into the crucible of Christian suffering. It's a process in which sin is gradually put out of our lives. Our faith is purified from the slag of unbelief. And somehow it, 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 it gets to come to the surface. And, and God uses these situations to skim off those impurities of our faith. Above all, God desires to see Christ's likeness in his child. And Christians, are, uh, suffering is one of the most potent means to that end. Gold is the most valuable, pure, useful, and durable of all the metals. And Peter says here that our faith is more valuable than that. Our faith is exactly, among all the Christian virtues, that is what, which is most valuable. The trial of faith is much more precious than that trial of gold. In both, there's a purification. 
But in the, when, when gold is purified, gold begins to decrease. <laughs> but when we go through a trial, guys, our, 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 our faith has the opportunity to increase. And see, God, see, our faith isn't tested because God doesn't know how much or what kind of faith we have. But I, 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 I suggest to you that our faith is tested because we are often ignorant, ignorant of what kind of faith we have. Family, if I could describe to you the uh, depth of my cry as I sat in my car night after night after I got that letter, as I cried out to the Lord, I mean, I tried many other things hanging out, but the truth is, as I went through that trial, there were some things that were burned away that I'm grateful for. Because here's the truth. You don't really know Jesus is all you need until Jesus is all you have. What else do we have to be grateful for? We have the opportunity for the reward of trusting him so we can be grateful for salvation. These believers that Peter is writing to had the beginnings of heaven in the possession of holiness. They had a heavenly mind in their duties in communion with God. This was properly urged to these people who were distressed. It looked like they were on the losing side in the world, but the apostle puts them in the mindset of what they were receiving. If they lost an inferior good, they were all the while receiving the salvation of their souls. It is lawful for us as Christians to make the salvation of our souls our end. The glory of God and our own joy, happiness are so intertwined that if we seek one, then we have no other choice but to seek the other. And so ultimately, the salvation of our souls is what we have to be grateful for, even though we're going through a difficult time. That truth doesn't change. I don't know about you, but I'm glad about that. The Navy SEALs have a saying. No, I wasn't a SEAL. But they have a saying. And their saying says that when in a difficult situation or a challenging situation, you don't rise to the occasion, but you sink to the level of your training. And so if we put that into the context of the trials and temptations that we go through, recognizing that suffering is a part of our lives as long as we're on this side of heaven. The Bible is very clear about that in many cases, from the Old Testament all the way through the, to the, through the New. But we are afforded these trials as an opportunity for the development of our faith, which is most precious. We get to be grateful for our future. We have the reason to be grateful for being an heir and a joint heir with Christ. We have reason to be grateful for God's protection 
of that very inheritance. Family, we get to be grateful that trouble don't last always. We can be grateful for refined and purified faith. And ultimately, family, we get to be grateful for our salvation. And as the worship team begins to make their way back up to the stage, I want to encourage all of us through the reading of a scripture in Psalms. And I hope that we can repeat this all together. Those that are here, those that are at Bell Hill, and even if you're home. The translation is from the message, but I, I felt that the message really captured what it felt like when one of these situations hits you. So it should come up on the screen, Psalms 34, 17 through 22. Read along with me if you will. Is anyone crying for help? God is listening, ready to rescue you. If your heart is broken, you'll find God right there. If you're kicked in the gut, he'll help you catch your breath. Disciples so often get into trouble. Still, God is there every time. He's your bodyguard, shielding every bone. Not even a finger gets broken. The wicked commit slow suicide. They waste their lives hating the good. God pays for each slave's freedom. No one who runs to him loses out. Let us pray before we close in song. Father in heaven, we are so thankful and grateful for the truth of your word. Lord, we are so grateful that your wisdom is beyond our own. We are grateful that you are working things out in the midst of situations that seem so trying and difficult. Lord, we are so thankful that we have the hope as believers that you are there. Father, I pray for anyone that may be going through something right now that they can find some solace in the truth of your word. Lord, I pray for those who don't know you that they can come to know the truth and the peace and the grace that come along with trusting in you. Father, be with us. Walk alongside us. Strengthen us that we may be grateful in all circumstances. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen.